Hello, and welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and usually I'm here with my conversation partner, Steve Weens, but he is enjoying some sabbatical time. So I've invited my friend and fellow spiritual director, Reverend Adele Calhoun, to discuss her book, Invitations from God, Accepting God's Offer to Rest, Weep, Forgive, Wait, Remember, and More. Each week, we will be discussing a chapter from this transforming resource and looking at it through the lens of the invitations God might have for us, individually and in community, as we emerge from this life-shifting season of the past year and a half. Before we share this week's conversation, I want to let you know that we have revamped our patron program. We are now giving patrons regular, exclusive bonus content that can be downloaded directly into the podcasting app of your choice. You can find out more and sign up to be a patron at patreon.com slash transformingcenter. If you enjoy what we're talking about here on the podcast and want to go a bit deeper with these conversations, the patron program is for you. And now, here is this week's conversation with Adele Calhoun on her book, Invitations from God. Hello, friends, and hello, Adele. We are so glad to be back together continuing our conversation on Adele's book, Invitations from God, Accepting God's Offer to Rest, Weep, Forgive, Wait, Remember, and More. We trust and pray that you all are keeping up with the invitations (laughs) (laughs) and that uh, probably a week is not quite enough for saying yes to each one in a really deep way, so we hope that you're also going slow. And if you're not quite ready to move on to the next invitation, that you stay with the invitation that God has for you and you just work with it until you feel like God might be inviting you to move on. Uh, Today's episode is on a beautiful invitation, and that is the invitation to pray. And here in the Transforming Center, we talk about prayer as all the ways that we communicate and commune with God. Uh, That's our simplest working definition of prayer, all the ways that we communicate and commune with God. And we talk about the fact that our prayer life is really simply all about cultivating a relationship. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. It's just the way we cultivate an intimate relationship with God. So I'm hoping that today's conversation helps us to deepen our intimacy with God and gives each of us maybe one tiny little step to move forward in our intimacy and in our relationship with God. So good morning, Adele. Good morning, dear Ruth. (laughs) Well, Adele, you start this chapter on the Lord's Prayer, which is a really appropriate place to begin because it comes out of, that that prayer comes out of the disciples' request to Jesus to teach them how to pray, which maybe we could have that be our request too here, (laughs) is that, you know, God continue to teach us how to pray even as we have this conversation Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that the Lord's Prayer, number one, comes out of relationship. It came out of Jesus and his disciples being together and the disciples Mm -hmm. wanting to learn something. Um, And that it's not necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily a prescription, is it? It's just that, but there are these big pieces of truth and ways of being with God in the world that are represented in this prayer. But I, I, I envision it as being kind of spontaneous. It wasn't Jesus thinking really hard about how can I give them the best template for prayer, you know? <laughs> it seemed like a rather spontaneous moment, don't yeah, you think? And, well, and so that begs the question to me of why do we pray it so much? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, what do you th- I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, 
it's it's a the our father yeah you know it's it's in every mass it's in Mm -hmm. when we were senior pastors we prayed it every sunday and and this i'm sure it's one of the first prayers i memorized Mm -hmm. so i've just been wondering about how many people actually pray the lord's prayer anytime other than in church Mm -hmm. and what should be our relationship to this prayer yeah what do you think Oh, that's a lovely question. I wonder if it's because the best way to learn how to pray is to actually pray. And that to actually pray the Lord's Prayer is just a part of, you know, learning how to pray by praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. And other prayers, too. Like in the Transforming Center, when we pray liturgically, we're praying the great prayers of the church not because there's anything magic about them, but because we learn how to pray by praying and praying with the great ones of our faith and praying with scripture and praying the prayer that Jesus taught us is just a beautiful training ground for prayer, Mm -hmm. not throwing out spontaneous prayer at all because we do that too, but even having your spontaneous praying shaped by the learning that comes from praying the great prayers of the church, including Jesus prayer. Mm-hmm. To me, that feels like where you learn how to, where you learn how to pray. You know, that's, that's how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. It's how he teaches us to pray. And praying that prayer is just a, a great, a great training ground for then going on and saying some of our own words to God as well. So that's kind of the way I experience it. Do you yeah. have thoughts? Well, I think about uh, how many of the the various aspects of the Lord's Prayer I often leave out of my mm-hmm. praying. You know? mm-hmm. So in some ways, when I'm attentive to what I'm praying, and I don't have to be attentive when I'm praying the Lord's Prayer because right. it goes back mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. And sometimes that's just enough to just let it roll off and say, this is all I can pray. It's deep in me and I pray mm-hmm. it. But there's other times that I feel like as I'm listening to these words that I'm saying, I I can pray phrase by phrase and yeah you know like your kingdom come right it, it particularly in covid in this season mm-hmm. you know your kingdom come what is what is it that I'm praying for with your yeah. kingdom come and your will be done and what is what is where does my will get in the way and so I feel like there are times when there are specific segments that somehow are bigger for me I agree I agree. And so thy kingdom come, one of the things that happens for me with that phrase, when I am paying attention, like you've said, is to to not let it be so big in general, like your kingdom come as though it's out there somewhere in the world. In but our, out, yeah, outer space. Exactly. <laughs> or in the whole government of my country or whatever, but you, thy kingdom come in my life. And mm-hmm. then of course you have to figure out, you have to think about where is the place where I'm blocked. Mm-hmm. And where the kingdom of God is not coming in and through me right now. Oh, wow. Is that a convicting? That is. That is a really convicting that's question. Right. <laughs> that's right. The, the other one where God gets me from time to time when I'm paying, praying this prayer more intentionally is, you know, the, the prayer about forgiveness. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debtors as we forgive those who sin against us. And if I am being attentive I'll often become aware of a place where I'm harboring unforgiveness. And I could walk right out of praying the Lord's Prayer and go do God's will for my life, which is to forgive someone. That's right. And that's how the will of God's going to come in my life if I'm Mm -hmm. open to it. Well, and and the connection between God's forgiveness of us Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. our forgiveness of others it's like really <laughs> does it have to be that <laughs> way really like way. couldn't it just go one way please <laughs> your forgiveness is a lot bigger than mine <laughs> <That's right. laughs> actually i've gotten to the point where sometimes when i'm in this prayer about forgiveness mm-hmm. i say I know Jesus that the Jesus in me forgives and I'll catch up <laughs> eventually. I'm I'll glad we did a whole episode on forgiveness because it needs it. It needs it. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Cause I, I did want to talk about the, our father part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you make, make really good meaning out of the hour that, you know, it, it expresses our belongingness to one another as siblings in Christ, that we're not ever praying this prayer alone. Not ever. We're always praying it within our experience in the family of God and being a part of the family of God. And the Um, family that has extended back to Jesus. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing thing to think here are words that were spoken 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And by Jesus himself. And as fresh (laughs) and as up to the moment as they were then. You talk about a prayer, this prayer, inviting a seismic shift in orientation. Say that. Say a little bit more about that, how you experience this seismic shift in orientation when you pray the hour. The hour, Father. I think as a child, learning to pray was about me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much about God. It was learning to, to talk at God and put things out there at God. And I feel like hour um, takes the focus and makes it a lot bigger than than it's not just Adele praying yeah. about the concerns in her little world but mm-hmm. this connection to the body that this I'm one piece of the body praying for parts of the body yeah. that I belong to and that's gives a whole gravitas and care that I don't have when I'm not conscious of that that what does it mean the same thing to you or is it what does it do to yes, you yes i mean I, the, when i'm attentive and i think that may be the most important thing that we say about the lord's prayer in this mm-hmm. episode is the fact that when we're attentive all sorts of really good things can happen interesting things intriguing things invitations to greater intimacy but if we're not attentive we can just spout it in a rote mm-hmm. sort of way and it has no impact at all so yes when i'm p- praying attentively the idea of our puts me into a sense of belongingness versus isolation. Mm-hmm. And it connects me to the bigger reality of the community of faith writ large. Mm-hmm. I will also admit that the, the father part is, you know, is a <laughs> bit of a stumbling block. And I, I do think that you and I need to talk about the father yes. part because we know that there are people who really struggle with calling God Father, and and I know that that you and I both as spiritual directors would invite people to address God in a different way if Father is a problem, like our Heavenly Parent. Uh, Ted Loder in his beautiful poem, there's something I wanted to tell you, says, my mother and father, my father and mother in heaven, you know, Mm -hmm. and then goes on to pray. And I just think, it's it's uncomfortable sometimes because I feel like people are going to you know, some people are going to react negatively to that. And yet it, it does so much better at capturing the wholeness of who God is. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. You talk about the father part. How do you react and respond to the father part? How do you help people with the addressing God as father or not? So I always feel like you've got to start with the story. Mm-hmm. What is their story about father? 
do they have a good story about father? Because I, I do, I think in the book, I want to show the good side of father. I want to say here, here is what is being offered to you. The, the love and the acceptance and the grounding of someone who looks at you through the eyes of love and says, you're fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I know that that's not the experience of so many people. And so I feel like I ask them, who is God to you? Mm -hmm. You know, what name for God serves you at this moment in time? And this isn't a, you have to follow this rote it's 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 not the perfect design for prayer father is not the only word for god for prayer and jesus abba that that connection that's very um visceral and was for jesus a very important word but it may be a different word that is important to us i feel like so this is this is maybe making people uncomfortable, but you can take it out if you yes, want to take it out. Just go for it. Just go for it. So what my favorite way to give a benediction is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Mm-hmm. Amen. I like because, it. Because I'm there. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> because there's something there that, to me, captures the hour that our father our father son holy spirit mother of us all one god Mm -hmm. and what what we tend to do when we get too stuck on names is we forget that it's one god yeah because if you don't really pay attention the trinity can get lost in only Mm -hmm. focusing on god as our father and then we're only focusing on one person of the Trinity and not relating to all persons of the Trinity or experiencing ourselves to be within the community of the Trinity versus relating to only one aspect of the Trinity. Um, And, you know, you and I both know that there's a lot of evidence in our church history that the Holy Spirit is the feminine aspect of God, you know, was referred to in that way. So when you're, when you're not attentively and intentionally incorporating this bigger sense of the Trinity into the way that we pray, it's going to be somewhat limited and limiting, I think, mm-hmm. because then we're missing out even aspects of God that are just as real as aspects related to fatherhood. You know, there's also aspects that might be stereotypically more related to motherhood that are also very true of God biblically mm-hmm. and theologically, not, not just in our desires and in our minds, but I mean, biblically and theologically, there are aspects of God that, that are, bigger than can be captured in one expression of gender well and and that can be captured by a finite mind that's right Mm -hmm. that all of these names for god are insufficient and they're only useful when they are uh, about relating to god personally and there are other names for God used in scripture that can be really helpful if mm-hmm. the the idea of father is an obstacle and isn't it a, this is a place for discernment hopefully with a spiritual director is is right. the invitation to set aside the language of father because it's an obstacle for me right now and to choose something else like creator or shepherd or holy one or mother or whatever or is the invitation to use the name father as a way of saying to God I want this part of my spirituality i want to 
this to be redeemed. I want to be able to use this word. Um, and you... there'll be some healing that needs to be done for that to happen. So this may be a cop-out, but mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you. Because sometimes it's easier for me to use the word Abba. Mm-hmm. And I know it means father, but there's something about it being a different word than father. Do you think that um, would give people access more easily? I think to I, I know of people for whom that that name for God is really meaningful. Yeah. So I don't think it's a cop out okay. at all. But I do think it's a place of, of attentiveness, don't you? Like I in do. our spiritual life, you know, when we teach about the breath prayer, for instance, a part of discovering one's breath prayer is to listen for the name for God right God. now That's right. that is meaningful to you, that draws you towards intimacy, that states what you'd like to have or experience with God. And so I think it's an important spiritual question in our prayer life in particular is what is the name or the names for God right now that, that express something, not just in a rote way, well, this is the this is the name that Jesus used, or this is the name I'm I've got to I've, use. I got to use. I've right. got to use it. But what is a name, or what are the names for God that really draw me out spiritually mm-hmm. and help me to cultivate an aspect of intimacy with God that I really want to cultivate mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. So it could maybe it's the Holy Spirit, and we say, well, I, I don't feel like I know the Holy Spirit very well, so I want to start praying specifically to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to open up to that aspect of God, or. You know, I understand God as being, you know, up there and out there and, but I don't relate much to Jesus as the human, you know, who walked on the earth. I want to be connected with Jesus and his humanity. So I'm going to be more intentional about praying to Jesus right now. I just think those are all wonderful invitations in, in our life of prayer to think in those terms. So I'm glad that you, you know, really raised that question for us. And now, Steve and I would like to take a moment to share a little bit about another way you can go even deeper on your spiritual journey around the themes we're discussing here on the podcast. We'd like to tell you about our Transforming Communities. Transforming Communities is a practice-based spiritual formation experience with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community Experience is designed to integrate your spirituality and your leadership and help you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. I was a part of TC6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. It is really hard to explain all that happens in this two-year, 27-month experience. So over the course of this season, we're going to be inviting different ones of our alums to share about what their transforming community experience meant to them. So here's what this week's alum has to say. I had no idea that I was in a deep drought, even though I was doing all of the things I ought to do, the prayer, the reading of scripture, I didn't have a container to handle the level of ministry that I was doing. So I'm involved in a ministry that engages in reconciliation, but it's coming out of living a community of practice. And there's just constant interruptions and invitations to engage and life on life with people. I've been following Jesus since I was like literally eight years old, but I feel like since the Transformation Center, I've really learned how to engage in prayer. I've got a chance to understand the inner life and not just the life of the mind or the life outside, but this inner life is just like a whole new, a new dynamic. I've also been able to relate to my wife in ways. Like I, I thought I knew what intimacy was, but because I didn't really understand the depth of intimacy with God, 
there was just only but so level I could go with intimacy with my wife. And our work, our foundational principle is that reconciliation is spiritual formation. What I really love is that transforming community has a practice of building a depth to be able to hold tensions, to be able to understand what it means to be a person in body. And so then when you put on like the issues of race, it's not a shock to the system. When you put on issues of injustice, it's not a shock to the system. A lot of times in contemplative circles, it's very um, boxed in with a kind of a Eurocentric lens, but there's a lot of intentionality to speak from different traditions, not only within the Western Christian tradition, but amongst African-American and, and other ethnic groups and people groups. I mean, for me, the biggest takeaway is that I've really learned how to develop a rhythm of life, but then also just the grace to journey with God, like to not have to be so performance oriented, to be able to like fail forward. This is one area of my life I don't have to grit through. You can visit transformingcenter.org to learn more and to apply to the next transforming community. And now back to my conversation with Adele on invitations from God. Then we go to hallowed be your name. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a, um, you know, we all throw OMG mm -hmm. around all the time oh, and the, yes. use, the name of God is everywhere. And so when you think about hallowing the name of God, I think, how do we put God's name way up high? And what, what do you think people will, because we're pastors, will look at us and say, if they swear, you know, if they take God's name in vain, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. What is the place? How do we hallow God's name and honor God's name in a culture where it's so just fill in the blank almost? Yeah. So as I was thinking about this, what it means to hallow God's name, I, I did have this sense growing up that hallowing God's name was like, say nice things to God because he's far away, you know, call him holy and blessed one and praise him and that that was somehow hallowing God's name. And then when I had children, I just had this different experience of hearing my children praising their father and you know it was just so sweet to, to hear their little voices about daddy and my daddy is this and my daddy did that and my daddy and it was all about that connection mm -hmm. of love that they had with their father that spilled over in delight and so it just made me think maybe hallowing is actually bringing the name of God near mm -hmm. and having us stand in that name in a way that is so connected and so personal. Our Father, there's all of us, but hallowed is my, my knowledge of the Holy One, my connection to the Holy One. So both the big and the yeah. intimate. Yes, I think that's really beautiful. And the word hallowed means to make holy, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So I don't want to lose the thread that you already brought up, which was the fact that we use God's name in all sorts of different ways in our culture. What are we saying about that then? If, if and it, you know, it's a Ten Commandment too, you that's know, right. to keep the name of the Lord holy. Lord, holy. Can you... I think this is really important, actually, because we had a podcast listener at one point 
um, write in and the, the word gosh had been used on our podcast mm-hmm. and, a, and a listener wrote in and said love your podcast we listen to it as a family and when one of you uses the word gosh that is something we're teaching our children not to say and so mm-hmm. that's hard on us as a family I thought that was so sweet that that mm-hmm. that's a father who wrote to us and just asked that we would be more careful because they were listening as a family and this is something they were trying to teach their own children is it just beyond hope to come back to a place of of making God's name holy and keeping it? Are we just beyond the ability, beyond the pale in seeking to maybe do that? Or is there something in that that's also also very important? Yeah, I have the same question, Ruth, because I know plenty of Christians who say, OMG, Mm -hmm. and who use God's name as a fill in the blank. Yeah. And and so I feel like if we as the people of God have surrendered that word mm-hmm. uh, it's up to me it, it's on me. Yeah. Am I going to go with that? Because it's become pretty acceptable. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. is coming along saying, "Oh, don't take the name of your the Lord your God in mm-hmm. vain," you know. Yeah. And for me, I don't feel comfortable with it Mm -hmm. but I also don't know how to express to other people you know is it just that I I am responsible for what comes out of my mouth or is there any responsibility as teachers or pastors Mm -hmm. to speak into this word yeah I don't think we have to answer the question but I this is a surprise moment for me because I didn't expect us to go to this place and yet it feels actually quite important that if we couple together your idea about it expressing the way that we talk about our heavenly father as expressing the intimacy like a child expresses intimacy about their daddy Mm -hmm. and then there's also this idea of holy and how do I personally keep the name of God holy in my life how do I talk about God and use God's name in ways that that also express the holiness, not just of God, but the holiness of the relationship that I have with God mm-hmm. and the intimacy that I have with God, the respect that I have for who God is. I just love that thought. I, I, I'm, I don't think we need to answer it. I think it's just a question to leave out there for all of us as we pray the Lord's Prayer. How do we day to day keep God's name hallowed? Mm-hmm. And it might open up some ways of looking at our patterns of speech and deciding that we want to do something a little bit different and that we want to be a little bit more vigilant even um, with ourselves and our own language, but also as we help our children. I think there might be something in there for children as well. So, well, wow, I, I really like, I'm, I'm, I feel very stirred by that idea. So let's move on um, okay. and at least grapple with one other topic coming out of the prayer, and that is the topic of the request for daily bread. Um, you actually connect that request with a call for conversion in our lives. And I love that idea because when I read that question, I had one thought, but I want to hear about what you were thinking of when you, when you talked about conversion, that the request for daily bread is a call for conversion in our lives. Wow. Well, I do believe conversion is a daily thing Mm -hmm. and we can put conversion as something that happened. 
rather than as something that is happening. And the happening is happening now. Yeah. And the thing that daily bread is about is not what's going to happen and not what already happened, but what is needed in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And am I thankful for what's given right now? Mm -hmm. Or am I not thankful for what's been given Mm -hmm. right now? And that puts me right at the crux of decision. Will I receive the bread that is given for me? The bread of this now. The bread of this now as Mm -hmm. enough. Yeah. Or will I rail? Yeah. That's a point of laying something down. Mm -hmm. In order to receive. In order to receive what this moment is and could be. Another idea that came to my heart and mind as I thought about this as a place of conversion was that it, if we allow it to, it could shift our thinking from I have to provide for myself, my security, and my daily bread. Mm-hmm. Who am I relying on for my, for my daily needs, for my sustenance? Mm-hmm. Am I relying on myself and my ability to work hard, um, my ability to make money? Am I relying on money? Am I relying overly on my job? You know, all those kinds of things. Who am I relying on for my sustenance, for my very life? And so this brings me back to a place of, of thinking about dependency upon God and God. this phrase mm-hmm. helping me to acknowledge daily or whenever I pray the prayer that I am really receiving my sustenance from God. I'm mm-hmm. not making it all happen myself. And mm-hmm. in what ways am I self-reliant versus being reliant on the one who is caring for me like God cares for the birds and the flowers, you know? Yeah, it's right. I, I love that it's connected to forgive, mm-hmm. you know, as your father forgives you. Mm-hmm. So there's the gift of forgiveness. Here's the gift of daily bread. Yeah. That these things come into our life vouchsafed as gifts from God. And we have choices about receiving them, depending on them. Yeah. Leaning into them or not. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up by talking a little bit more about the kingdom of God. Um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are really, really hard days mm-hmm. to see the kingdom of God actually happening or coming, to believe that the kingdom of God could come into the midst of all the horrors that we're witnessing. I mean, we have everything from the human tragedy of the collapse of the condo building in Florida, mm-hmm. which is just heart wrenching, gut wrenching that very human kind of thing that really wasn't anybody's fault. So it makes you think about God and, you know, God, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, that, it's like that bridge is this that kingdom? Collapsed. Is this what it looks <laughs> That's like? Right. You know, everything from that to the, the terrible racial tensions we just had in, you know, in Chicago here, the one of the most violent weekends we've ever had. Really? In terms oh. of the number of shootings. We just can't get it under control. No. Babies are getting shot in their car seats. You know, like in their car seats, traveling with their parents, sitting in their cars, eating a happy meal. I mean, we can't get it under control here. And and I don't, it's it's just so hard to understand. And then we have, you know, the racial struggles that we can't even agree on our language and how we're going to talk about things and whether it's systemic or not. And uh, we're not even able to be with those issues together very well. We can't, again, we, we struggle with what is the truth in situations that we walk through together. I think these are really hard days in terms of seeing good, strong, moral, integrous leadership. 
So what does the king, praying for the kingdom of God even mean in a time like this? you said at the beginning, you Mm -hmm. said it's always about um, your kingdom, the kingdom comes in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the kingdom comes through me Mm -hmm. into this world. And so it's not just praying for something to happen out there that doesn't engage me. And right, I feel like it's right. too easy to say, God, bring your kingdom, you know, however mm-hmm. you're going to bring it from wherever you are, bring it here yeah. and avoid that, you know, God's justice comes mm-hmm. through, me. through me. That's, In moments. that's, that's yeah. the kingdom. Mm-hmm. God's kindness comes through me in mm-hmm. the now to you. Yeah. And, and if I don't make that connection, then I don't think I'm praying about the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And I don't know the answers for, I, I do know we have to pray for the kingdom to come in us now mm-hmm. if we are going to have any sort of discussions because in the kingdom of God, people are able to love one another and talk, right? Yeah. We have yeah. to pray for the kingdom to come in between us, that we have our father and that, that there is a, a space here where we can listen to one another yeah and that's a kingdom space when listening happens yeah it is a place of paradox it it occurs to me that this particular aspect of the prayer is going to take us into a place of paradox and we're going to need to live in paradox and the paradox of the big thing all the big things i just listed that we may or may not be able to impact and yet we know the kingdom needs to come at that level that's right. It needs to come at that level. Somehow our city needs to figure out how to stop babies from getting killed in car seats. That is not going to be anything I can do anything practical about today. So, But I, I still pray for that. I still long for that. Together with the fact that there will be some small thing that can be the kingdom of God coming through me into my world in my small corner and discerning what that is. How does the kingdom of God come through me right now? So a little, little tiny example that comes to my mind is that recently we, in the Beyond Words blog that we put out there, we have a, an ongoing series that will probably go on for years, if not while I'm, all, while I'm still alive, on uh, a spirituality of racial justice and healing, both. So it's an ongoing series in that we put things out there when we have them to put out, when, when there's something that we think is of value. And so recently we put out a beyond words where we had a perspective from a black woman writing about policing in America. And -hmm. then we also had someone from within the law enforcement community speak to the issue as well. Two very, very different perspectives. And we held those articles for a long time, not knowing quite what to do with them because we didn't want people, they didn't want, and I didn't want people to think that they were opposing perspectives because they actually came out of, they're both board members and they came out of a deep, set of relationships not they weren't opposing at all they they Mm -hmm. were a conversation Mm -hmm. and um so eventually we landed on putting them out together because we wanted people to see it as a bigger a whole conversation versus just one part and i was nervous because policing in america is a really tough controversial issue and i didn't know if people would be able to hold both and so we even gave some instruction for how to hold both perspectives rather than arguing or pitting one against the other or whatever. And in my nervousness about whether or not people could actually do this, there was this idea, but we have this. This is 
this is a conversation that we're having and we have it. Mm-hmm. We have to offer this. This is what we do. This is a small thing. I would be reneging on, on the kingdom coming in and through me and us if I don't put this out there and trust that people can be in that conversation and can hold that tension together. And so it was literally this idea that gave me some courage to say, no, we're going to go ahead and put these out there, even though it could be controversial and even though it could stir up more than we want to handle or whatever, this is what we have Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to bring forth the kingdom right now in our own small way. So this is a really, really important aspect of prayer here, this phrase, I think. So thank you for that. That was, I don't know, that's a part of the conversation that goes in really deep. It does. It does. Well, Adele, you know, I just love the grid that you put in each one of your chapters. Could you walk us through a couple of the things that you think are most important in this, you know, your practical ideas for following God's invitation to pray? And then I want to close us with an actual prayer. So I want to invite people who who particularly feel like they don't have time to pray to notice the margins in their life when they can open themselves and just say, God, I'm here. There there are so many portable ways of praying and this idea that we, we have to find a quiet spot to do centering prayer. That's great. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a life right now that can do that, we want to encourage you that there are ways to be very open to God in your daily coming and going where the kingdom of God is coming even threshold prayer is the one that I will use sometimes. And it's that sense of we go between so many things in a day that every time I step from room mm-hmm. to room and the function changes, I say, God, make me present. It's, you know, your kingdom come now. Mm-hmm. I'm present now. Give me what I need for this, which was different than what I needed in that other room when I was on the podcast. So this this sense of, of the relationship with God being portable, prayer being portable, and that there's there's never a reason, well, I shouldn't say never, but that we often will say, well, I just don't have time to pray. It's not about time. It's about being present. And so I just invite you to let prayer be something that is a, a word that describes your relationship with God, not a duty that you feel. Thank you so much for those really practical ideas. I love the idea of a threshold prayer, Adele. I think I'm going to start practicing that myself today. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Yes, yes, right now. And as we close, I would like to give us an opportunity to actually pray. I think that's really important when you've said this many words about prayer, that it's important to actually pray. Mm -hmm. And given the fact that we talked about how we address God in the Lord's Prayer and choosing the Our Father or choosing some other name for God that has meaning to us or that feels that God is inviting us to experience some other aspect of who God is. So I'd like to offer now a prayer from Pastor Ted Loder, a Methodist pastor from his book, Gorillas of Grace. And in this prayer, he addresses God in the aspects of motherhood and We know that that's a biblically-based thing to do because there are so many ways in Scripture in which God is attributed with feminine characteristics. God is a mother hen. God is a nursing mother. God is a laboring woman. We also know that in the Lord's Prayer, I'm not positive that 
Jesus was so much emphasizing that we have to pray to the Father, what he was really trying to do was to give us a way of praying more intimately than the disciples had been accustomed to praying. And so as we receive this prayer where Ted Loder, a male pastor, is actually leaning into aspects of intimacy that might have more to do with his relationship with a mother, um, just know that we're, we're grounded in our Christian tradition and in our scriptures and even in Jesus' desire to offer up ways for us to be intimate with God. So if you can, if you're not driving, but if you're seated somewhere, go ahead and please put your feet up flat on the floor, open up uh, your body by uh, unclenching your fists, your, your jaw, whatever it is that feels tight, just breathe into it and open it up and see if you can enter into this prayer that God may be giving you today. Oh God, I come to you now as a child to my mother out of the cold which numbs into the warm who cares. Listen to me inside under my words where the shivering is in the fears which freeze my living in the angers which chafe my attending in the doubts which chill my hoping in the events which shrivel my thinking in the pretenses which stiffen my loving listen to me Lord as a mother and hold me warm and forgive me soften my experiences into wisdom my pride into acceptance my longing into trust and soften me into love and into others and into you. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. There are so many podcasts to choose from and I'm grateful you have spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation by joining a transforming community. You can visit transformingcenter.org to learn more and apply. Also, thanks for your support of the podcast and the work of the Transforming Center. If you have enjoyed the conversation, please rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. You can become a partner and receive exclusive content by visiting patreon.com slash transforming center.